everybody. Welcome to chapel. <laughs> How many people are glad that it's back again? Yay, we're glad you guys are back too. It's like we don't have to wait until 10 o'clock to get started. It's like, ooh, we have been waiting for you since uh, Thursday. <laughs> God has got something special on His heart this morning and I hope you've got a heart that is wanting to worship Him this morning. So how about you stand to your feet? It is awesome to be in the house of God. Father God, we thank You that we get to come together as a church family and worship You this morning. Um, we thank You, God, that there is so much to be grateful for um, because You never change, God, and You're always constant and You're always reliable. Um, and You are full of love, Father. So no matter where we're at this morning, we can come to You, God, um, and get like a big hug from our Papa, God. So we just thank You, Lord, for You. Um, and we desire to worship you this morning, God. Thank you, Father. It's your heart. It's your heart we're searching for. We want you and nothing more. Let your glory fill this place. We're loving your presence. It's your heart. It's your heart we're searching for. We want you and nothing your glory fill this place. We're alive in your presence. We surrender. We surrender all to you. Do what you want to. Do what you want to. God, we love to see you move. Do what you want to. We surrender. We surrender. you want to, do what you want to, God, we love to see you move, do what you want to, do what you want to. you want to, God, we love to see you move, do what you want to, do what you want to, we surrender all to you, do what you want to, do what you want to, God, we love to see you move, do what you want to, do what you want
on the church, the first church, all-consuming fire fuel. And so many people came to know Jesus that day. So many people because the Holy Spirit, the consuming fire fell on them and they allowed the Holy Spirit to move through them. And then people came to know Jesus. Are we this morning willing on the first chapel service to desire for God's Holy Spirit to fall on us because He wants to outpour it, but it's our choice if we step into it. So we can just remain like this or we can actually move with our feet. So as we sing it this morning, let's go, God, we are going to partner with you with what you desire to do this morning, what you desire to do this week. We're going to walk with you. Instead of Him going ahead and wanting to do something, we're going to go with God this morning. So let's sing it with hearts of desire. Thank you, Lord. All consuming fire leave this place, we would leave encouraged, we would leave knowing that we've encountered the King of Kings this morning, that we've spent time in your presence. And Father, I thank you that it's so easy for us to get together in this country. 
We lift our nation before you and pray, Lord, don't take your hand off this nation, please. Draw this nation back to yourself. Draw this nation, the heart of this nation, back to yourself. Father, we lift the other nations of the world. I think of where our missionaries are. We ask, touch those nations. Watch over the ones out there doing the work on your behalf, I pray. Pour out your spirit on them. Encourage them today in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Well, good morning. Great to see you. Nice to have Activate Chapel going again, eh? Grab a seat. Feels longer than it's been since we've had Activate Chapel. But we're back and we're, we're racing. It's awesome. So it's nice to see you this morning. Another hot summer's day outside. Here we are worshipping Jesus. Isn't it good? It's great. Well, if you're visiting with us this morning, it's great to have you here. I trust that you can relax, that you feel comfortable. When you leave at the end of the meeting, as you go out the doors, just on your right-hand side, you'll see there's tables there. There'll be someone there, hopefully. And there's some white bags on the table. Help yourself to a bag. It's a a welcome bag. There's a coffee card and different things in there. And um, chocolate. I think there's chocolate in there. And um, you can grab a coffee before you leave and meet a few people. I encourage you to stay around. If you're visiting this morning, we'd like to welcome you, church. Can we please give our visitors a big hand? It's nice to have you with us. It's very nice to have you with us. Who's had a birthday or a wedding anniversary in the last week? Where's my chocolates? They're here. Great. Come on. You've got to come out. I can tell Gloria doesn't want to come, but now I've mentioned her name. She has to. Any other birthdays or anniversaries? Birthday? Must be a birthday. It's Valentine's Day today. Did you know that? Have you said happy Valentine? If you're here with your, you know, significant other, just slip in quickly a a nice happy Valentine's Day. You stay in their good books. Eric, our percussionist, is panicking. (laughs) Very good. Well, church, why don't we jump on our feet and we're going to pray. I mentioned last week, one of the reasons we pray this prayer of blessing over people who are celebrating birthdays and anniversaries is, I really hope it's getting into your psyche what a prayer of blessing looks like, because praying blessing over people is incredibly powerful, and we can all do it. And if you're ever in a position where you need to, and you can't think of anything else, just pray the birthday prayer. It's okay. It'll work. It will. Here we go. Ready? Father. Thank you for your family. We declare blessing, health, favour, prosperity and protection over them this year. Activate your love and goodness through each one. In Jesus' name, Amen. Happy birthday. Happy anniversary. Well, there are a couple of things I need to bring to your attention very quickly this morning. Ladies. Make sure you've got a brochure for Girls' Day Out. It's coming up on the 12th of March. It's going to be sensational. I know the stories of some of the women who are going to speak here, and it will be very, very encouraging to you. You need to be there. Just mark it down in your diary, 12th of March. Shift everything else. It's not as important. Well, it could be. But just shift it. Come to this. It's going to be fantastic. It really will be great. Next Saturday morning, there is a men's breakfast. 29, not next Saturday, the one after, 27th. 27th, yes, 27th. There's some flyers here. 
Just don't get confused because it says it's breakfast at 7 p.m. It's not. It's breakfast at 7.15 a.m. But you need that. That's good. Um, This Tuesday night coming, we've got um, an information night all about church, what's happening, where we're going, what's going on this year. Love it if you could turn up to that. 7.30 down here this coming Tuesday night. It'll be a good evening. It'll be informative and we'll have some fun along the way. That'll be great. Make sure you get in an Activate group. That's where it all happens. People in Activate groups always feel looked after. Ones who aren't in the groups don't feel looked after. Activate group, life group. We call it Activate group. Yeah. And a couple of other things. Steve McCracken, prophet. He's going to be with us next weekend. So um, I encourage you to be out for that. That'll be great to hear from him. I know he's very, very fired up and looking forward to it. And last but not least is tonight at the 6 p.m. gathering, we have Pastor Gary Coffin from Tokoroa with us. And he is going to come and I think he's going to share some of his life story with us. He has got an amazing journey. And I really encourage you, if you want to be encouraged, you want to be challenged, it would be well worth coming out at 6 p.m. tonight and hearing him. Well, that's me. Can you please put your hands together for Tracy Chaplow as she comes and she's going to share a testimony about God's goodness with us. Hi. So... So um, this happened um, last year in our cell group. Um, Amanda Sargent um, had a really, really sore shoulder, and she asked for us to pray for her. So we prayed for her as a group, and one particular lady prayed for her once and asked her how she was feeling. And she said, oh, it's still sore. So we had another pray, and then someone had a prompting for me to pray, and they said that I was to put my hand on her shoulder. So I did. And when I did, I just felt an amazing anointing of God come over me and rush through me and go on to her. Okay, and so we asked her and she felt that the pain was gone. (laughs) She did go to the physio later. And at the time, before the prayer, I'd got this pain somewhere. And I said, oh, there's this pain here. I keep feeling for you. And she said, no. It's so mighty. I encourage you that even if you feel the fear, do it anyway. Be obedient. You know why? Because God loves your obedience. (laughs) Fantastic. Thank you, Tracy. That's one of our values, isn't it? Courageous. That's what faith's about, isn't it? Doing it anyway. Doing it anyway. Don't wait for the special feeling or anything. Just do it anyway. It's faith. Well, Beryl, why don't you come and read to us from the Psalms this morning? you like to give Beryl a hand as she comes? Hopefully there's some light there so you can see. Hi. We're reading from Psalm 39 in the New Living Translation. Psalm 39 for Jedithan, the choir director, a psalm of David. I said to myself, I will watch what I do and not sin in what I say. I will hold my tongue when the ungodly are around me. But as I stood there in silence, not even speaking of good things, the turmoil within me grew worse. The more I thought about it, the hotter I got. 
igniting a fire of words. Lord, remind me how brief my time on earth will be. Remind me that my days are numbered, how fleeting my life is. You have made my life no longer than the width of my hand. My entire lifetime is just a moment to you. At best, each of us is but a breath. We are merely moving shadows, and all our busy rushing ends in nothing. We heap up wealth, not knowing who will spend it. And so, Lord, where do I put my hope? My only hope is in you. Rescue me from my rebellion. Do not let fools mock me. I am silent before you. I won't say a word. For my punishment is from you. But please stop stop striking me. I am exhausted by the blows from your hand. When you discipline us for our sins, you consume like a moth what is precious to us. Each of us is but a breath. Hear my prayer, O Lord. Listen to my cries for help. Don't ignore my tears, for I am your guest, a traveller passing through, as my ancestors were before me. Leave me alone so I can smile again before I am gone and exist no more. In the first three verses of Psalm 40, for the choir director, a Psalm of David, I waited patiently for the Lord to help me, and he turned to me and heard my cry. He lifted me out of the pit of despair, out of the mud and the mire. He set my feet on solid ground, and he steadied me as I walked along. He has given me a new song to sing, a hymn of praise to our God. Many will see what he has done and be amazed. They will put their trust in the Lord. Now let us ponder on God's precious anointed word.
Thank you, Beryl. Why don't we stand to our feet? We're going to continue worshipping. But as we do, I love that verse. I waited patiently for the Lord. I turned to Him. He heard my cry. I've had a growing conviction this year. I don't know about you, but I don't want to be, or I've never wanted to be one of those Christians that goes to God with a shopping list every time I talk to Him. So I probably went to the other extreme. I thank Him for everything and um, and do my best to appreciate everything, but I, I try not to get my shopping list out. But over Christmas, I've had a growing conviction that I need to get my shopping list out more. And I've even been thinking about my own children. You know, when they want something, boy, they're not backwards and coming forward. And then they nag. Crikey. They nag and they nag and they nag. They just weed you down until you've got to say yes or something. And um, so as we, before we start to, to or carry on singing, I, I really feel it would be great for us to hold up one another in prayer this morning. And if you've got something that you've, you've got a real need, it could be health, it could be provision, it could be around work, relationship, it could be anything. Can you lift your hand for a moment? And we're going to stop, we're going to pray, and I'm going to get people to gather around you. Have a look around you, see where the hands are up. There's hands up. Great. Right now, here's your time to do a Tracy Chaplow, take a step of faith, even if you don't want to, and move to someone who's got their hand up. Great. Just move to them. If you're brave enough, if you've got your hand up to say what the need is, can you share the need? And let's ask for God to answer that specific need this morning. Jesus, you know what every hand been held up. Hand is just on the end of a person. You know every person's need. Father, you know what they desire. You know what they need to move forward and we know it's your desire to touch it's your desire to heal it's your desire to pour out so this morning Jesus we are coming and we're asking directly that you would meet the needs in Jesus name we'd command the devourer to take his hands off people where he's stopping the provision of God be that healing financial relationship anything else coming into place and we release the power of God this morning in Jesus name the power of God to release the need. Healing in the name of Jesus. Provision in the name of Jesus. Restoration in the name of Jesus. And any other need in Jesus' name, we unlock the power of heaven, the power of love, the power of God to every person's life. In Jesus' name, amen. people in this place are thankful that we've got a God that loves us, a God that pursues us and desires the best for our lives. Awesome. This morning we're going to sing, Bless the Lord. How appropriate. He's worthy to be blessed, yeah? All right. Come on. Bless the Lord, oh my soul, oh my soul. Worship His holy name. This morning we sing. 
Church. Let me be singing when the evening comes. Oh, bless the Lord, oh my soul, oh my soul, worship His holy name. We sing like never before. Sing like never.
Church, I really feel that God wants to say to us this morning that He desires to saturate and He desires to overflow. He is the God of saturation and overflow, not of half empty. And I get the picture of, you know, the saturation. When we're saturated, we're dripping, we're dripping off. Or when you saturate something, it is, it's pouring off everywhere. And the, and the picture of overflow, it's overflowing everywhere. That is what God desires for you this morning. So receive from Him every single day. Receive, God, you are the God of saturation. You're the God of overflow. Let me receive all from you and let me drip off and overflow to the people around me. Father, we thank you, Lord, for the incredible privilege the honour and the joy to be in your presence, Lord. Jesus, when you look upon us, when your gaze is upon each one of us, there's nothing in the world that can compare for the grace, the power, the love, the strength, the acceptance the eyes that say you belong to me, the smile that says I love you. Thank you for your gaze upon us, Lord. Thank you, Lord, for heaven coming to earth. Father, we declare that, Lord, we will be a people where your kingdom come and your will be done. Lord, where your might and your power is released. Lord, where the love and the goodness and the kindness of God is expressed through us. 
Lord, the world might know that we are your disciples for the love we have for one another. So, Father, we thank you. We praise you for the privilege of being in your house for such a time as this. And everyone said, Amen. God bless you. Take a seat. I want to say thank you to the musicians this morning. Absolutely outstanding. Yeah. Well, you're looking good. You really are. Come on, you can do better than that. You're looking good. Ah, you're alive. Good. I need that this morning. Very, very good. Happy Valentine's Day. Thank you, thank you. Wendy, yeah, yeah. I got a, I got a roses and a, a bunch of roses, which was lovely. Uh, that was really, really good. Good start to the day. So that's good. I just need to get my computer doing its thing. So see if I can push the right button there. There we go. That seems to be doing what it needs to do. Almost, I think. Okay, here we go. Well, Wendy and I have had the, the, um, the privilege of attending um, since November to generally three family weddings. Uh, two of them we had to travel to Masterton and one of them we travelled to Gisborne. And, and they were lovely, lovely events. And I thought this morning, being Valentine's Day, um, and for a start for 2016, we'd take a pause from looking at the book of Philippians and we'd have a look at this whole thing of marriage. And uh, please don't confuse three weddings with the movie Four Weddings and a Funeral. <laughs> we don't want to go there this morning. But um, weddings, family weddings, is something that Wendy and I highly value to be together with our family, um, particularly to see younger members of our family get married. It's a, it's a wonderful, uh, just a wonderful thing, isn't it? And I'm sure you all have your own family weddings as well, which just bring fond memories to you. Uh, but before we get into that, can we pray? So, Father, thank you for this opportunity to come together this morning as we look into your word. And may your word look into us, filling us with life, our minds with hope, and Lord, us our, with gusto and energy to serve you, Lord, and our partners and our families, with the grace and the goodness of God. In Jesus' name we pray. And everyone said, Amen. Amen. Before I kick off, and this is going to be a really, really great message this morning about three weddings, but before we get there, I just want to share something with you really, really important. Over the last four months of 2015, I met with the zero to 30 ministry leaders, and we did a lot of work together to prepare a curriculum over um, kids, intermediates, youth, and young adults that was actually the same, layered, although more depth that will apply through all this year. And I want to share a little bit about that with you because it's very, very important, particularly if you have children or youth involved in the zero to 30 ministries. So the first term of 2016, whether it's in kids, intermediates, youth, or young adults, is going to be looking at the foundations of the faith, which is really good. And then in term two, we're looking at the Holy Spirit and leadership. We really want to grow leadership opportunities, and that's for everyone. It's not for those that are just gifted in leadership, but it's for everyone, because one of the most challenging things with leadership is self-leadership, if you haven't found that out. 
Term three is about relationships. Relationship with God, relationships with parents and brothers and sisters, and relationships with the opposite sex. And obviously the way that that looks in youth will be very different to the way it looks with five-year-olds. And then in term four, the focus is a free topic where there'll be a number of things for each group. So right now, we're in term one, and in kids' church, for the next two weeks, they're going to be focusing on this foundation, what is the Bible? They're going to be looking at it for two weeks, which is really, really good. The weeks that follow, the two weeks after that, it is, what is prayer? And then two weeks after that, what is worship? Isn't that exciting? Really, really good. And here's one of the things that we really want to do. Do you know around the Western world, 70% of our young people, when they get to high school age, when they leave high school and go to university or work, they often leave church. We don't want that to happen. We do not want to go there. And we need to partner together, church and mums and dads, caregivers, to see that our youth, when they finish high school, they're still vibrantly committed to their faith and absolutely integrated into the life of the church. So it's a partnership that we share together. And one of the things on that partnership that when you talk to a lot of these youth, and there's been a lot of research done on it, a lot of these youth say, I've never had a significant spiritual conversation with my mum and dad. That's what they say. And yet they've been brought up in the church. And so for one of the reasons for studying these foundational things is we're giving your children and we're giving mums and dads the opportunity to have take-home questions to discuss at home. Isn't that cool? It's very, very cool. And it has a really, really easy format. It's really, really simple. So we're looking at the Bible over two weeks. So the first take-home question this week is, what is the Bible? It's really, really easy. And then next week, who is your favorite Bible character and why? When we go into prayer, it is, you've got it, what is prayer? And then the fourth week, talk about an answer to prayer. Now, um, we just really, really want to encourage you to take this on board and have these discussions. If you haven't got children at home, maybe you can talk with one another about what is the Bible. That would be good. And here's the things, mums and dads, if you're new to your faith and your child says, what is the Bible, please don't go and say, go and talk to your mother. And please don't go and say, I don't know. But how about this? Imagine you're sitting around a campfire with your son or with your daughter. It's a nice, relaxed environment. And you go, I'm not really too sure what the Bible is, but let's journey it together. Let's find the answers together. I'll say one thing, and you say one thing too. And let's see how we go. You do that from a five-year-old over one year, five years, 10 years, 20 years. Isn't that going to be great? And we all need to own this. And here's the thing, church, you cannot be apathetic about this. That is a no-go zone. We're all committed to this, and we've all got to be part of it, to see our children, our young people, fully integrated into the life of Jesus and into church. Isn't that cool? So uh, when you see the, the Zero to 30 leaders, whether it's Tim or James, who are not so much involved last year, but this year, whether it's Ashley Muller, whether it's Luke Furbro or Peter Hyde, give them a big high five. They did an amazing job. So uh, it's very, very good to, to cover those things. So here we go. Three weddings. Well, uh, okay. I might only get through one, but that's okay. <laughs> 
Wendy and I, we drove down to Masterton in November to go to one of her nephews, Andrew's wedding. Andrew was marrying um, Amy, and uh, the marriage was to take place on Andrew's grandfather's farm, which is close to Masterton and also just immediately under the ranges there. And the wedding took place in this most beautiful totra grove, these mature totra trees um, on the farm near the ranges. And uh, there are the guests, they're all assembled, and Andrew has the privilege of having his dad, who's a pastor, marry him and his, his wife, Amy. And the scene is this, that we're sitting in this wonderful totra grove with the wind just gently rustling the leaves. These white seats, people are sitting there. And I, I've just worked out too, there are four groups of people at a wedding. There's the ladies. And all they talk about is the dresses, what the bride is going to wear. And I go, it's a white dress. And they go, it's not a white dress. It's got lace, it's got this, and it's got that. And then they start discussing what the bridesmaids, bridesmaids are going to wear and what color it's going to be. And I just think, us blokes, we couldn't even remember what color it is the next day. All we're thinking about is the food. Is it lamb on a spit? Is it roast pork? What is it? <laughs> We're just going to get this thing moving along. <laughs> We've got to get to that food. And then there's the bridegroom. There's Andrew. And, you know, and in his mind, he's got a picture that his wife is going to walk around in scanty lingerie for the rest of her life. <laughs> but little does he know, she's got a picture that she's got flannelette um, 90s. <laughs> so you've got these different pictures. And then here comes this bride, Amy. She comes on a horse-drawn carriage. And the, and the horse and the carriage go... Can't do that very well, but... And it's beautifully quiet as this carriage enters this totra grove. And there's two horsemen done in beautiful suits with tails and bowler hats. And the horseman steps down, and there's just no noise. It's so quiet. Opens the door, and out comes Amy. She is beautiful, absolutely beautiful. And she steps onto this red carpet as she makes her way down to her man. And uh, I've got to admit it, guys, I, I had a tear run down the side of my face. It's all right. Yeah, I thought, quick, wipe that up. I can't have anybody see that. But this tear just runs down the side of my face. And, and I begin to think what this is all about. And it's like as Amy comes, she sees everybody, but she sees nobody except her man. And we've sung that beautiful song, Oh, Lord, you're beautiful. And, and that's her focus was just on her man. You could see it. Everything she was doing was for her husband. There were guests. The environment was absolutely picturesque. A carriage with a horse, red carpet, white seats, walking through this totra grove with the bridesmaids. And I'm sorry, ladies, I can't remember the color of their dresses. <laughs> you have to ask Wendy for that. But the food was good. <laughs> I can remember that. But she, she walks down with her dad down this red carpet. And today I just want to share a few points about 
the purpose of marriage. And whether you're not married I, or whether you have been married and divorced or separated, please note this is not to try and offend anybody, but there's such richness in this relationship that when a man and a woman become married, it's unlike any other relationship on the earth. Relationships, and there are many types, there's parents, there's sisters, there's brothers, there's good mates, but none of them receive the divine attention as a husband and a wife. There's something that God has created that is sacred. And so here's Amy, and I can only imagine the picture that she has in her mind. Now here's the picture of the woman talking about the dresses. Here's us guys, what's in our mind is the food. And, and then Andrew, he's thinking about probably scanty. Okay, put that aside. And, and then what's in her mind? What's in her mind? As a five-year-old, she's been read stories of princesses, maybe Snow White, maybe Cinderella, for her prince her, in shining armor to come and kiss her and wake her up. And then she gallops off into the evening. All these pictures are in people's minds as they come towards this thing called marriage. But there's any, really only one picture, in fact, the other thing before I go there, Andrew goes around to her place, and there is Amy with her mum with all these books on weddings. He didn't know that these magazines even existed. They were just everywhere. Whole bookshops dedicated them. Thank you, diary, for bringing these in. And, um, and so there's all these different pictures, but the only picture of marriage that we can really take is what God says from his word. That is the picture that God wants us to see in marriage. So I'm going to go through these pretty quickly until I get to the last one. So God's designed marriage with six important functions or features. And I won't go through all the scriptures, but Ephesians chapter 5 in particular is key to this. So number one is companionship or connection. God has designed marriage relationships for companionship and connections. Genesis 1.27 says... And so God created human beings in his own image. In the image of God, he created them male and female, true companionship. He created them for enjoyment and honor. In Hebrews 13 verse 4, it says, Give honor to marriage and remain faithful to one another in marriage. You know, here's a principle. What you honor is what you enjoy. What you honor is what you enjoy. I really um, honor our rugby players. I think they're great. And I really enjoy watching rugby. I really, really do. I honor food. <laughs> and I really enjoy, particularly at weddings. <laughs> Thank you, Owen. So what you honor is what you enjoy and what brings you joy. And, and can I say to your church, we need to really relax and enjoy God. We need to really just enjoy Him. When you come to church, we honor God, but just relax and enjoy Him. I just, I find it so good, it's so enjoyable to go, Lord, I just so love and enjoy being with you in your presence in this faith community. And I, 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 I feel that in my spirit this morning, the Lord would say, just relax and enjoy him. He is so good to be enjoyed. So completeness is the third reason that God has designed marriage. God designed Eve to complete what was lacking in Adam's life. 
Adam said she shall be called woman because she was taken out of man. That's Genesis 2.23. So there's a sense of completeness that man is not complete, a woman is not complete, but together they are complete as God has designed them. The fourth reason is fruitfulness. God's first command, the very first command that the Lord gave in Scripture is this, in Genesis 1, 28. And God blessed them, and God said to them, and here's the first command, be fruitful and multiply and fill the earth and subdue over it and rule over the fish of the sea and the birds of the sky and over every living thing that moves on the earth. So God says, be fruitful and multiply. It's probably the only command that the human race has really obeyed that well. There's seven billion people. And God has given that command, and that's what God has designed it to be. You know, the very nature of God is to multiply life wherever God's presence is. That's what God's presence does, is multiply life in relationships, in the work we do. Whereas the, the work or the attitude or the nature of the devil is to multiply destruction and death. But God wants us to multiply life. The fifth reason for marriage is protection. A husband is to protect his wife by laying his life down for her. Ephesians 5.25, for husbands, this means love your wives just as Christ loved the church. He gave up his life for her. In Malachi chapter 2, verse 15, take heed then to your spirit and let no one deal treacherously against the wife of your youth. So we're there to protect our wives. I just, Wendy and I, we, we sort of have these discussions about, you know, if there's a burglar that breaks into the house, you know, what we'll do. What, one, one thing we can't do is that we're going to both bolt for the door, and if Wendy's in front of me, me trip her up so I can get out the door first. That is not the way it's done. And I think of Krista, Krista and Ivan. Um, Krista can really tell you a story about dealing with burglars there. But... But a husband's role is to provide protection and covering for his wife. But not only uh, is that about marriage, parents are to provide protection and covering for their children, to nurture a safe place for children to grow. But here's the sixth reason, and this is the penultimate reason for marriage. A lot of people don't get it. A lot of people don't know it. A lot of Christians don't even think about it. But this is the penultimate reason. And so we'll go back to the tote to trees. So as Amy steps out of the carriage, and I mentioned I had a tear that ran down the side of my cheek. She was beautiful, but I didn't cry because she was beautiful. It was very moving, but I didn't cry because it was really moving. I cried because of this. A tear filled my eye because of this. I saw for the first time ever, this is a picture of Jesus and his church. This is what it's all about. Every marriage, every wedding over the planet is a picture of Jesus and his church in miniature. Isn't that awesome? It's just a wonderful, wonderful picture. I've got a $10 note here. I'm going to read you the scripture first. 
Ephesians chapter 5, verses 31 to 33. As the scripture says, a man leaves his father and mother and is joined to his wife, and the two are united into one. This is a great mystery, but it's an illustration of the way Christ and the church are one. So again, I say each man must love his wife as he loves himself, and the wife must respect her husband. This great mystery that every time there's a wedding, it carries a watermark. And I've got a $10 note here. You're all familiar with watermarks. If you look at the note on the surface, you never see the watermark. But if you hold it up to the light, you'll see Queen Elizabeth's head in that note. It's a watermark. When you hold a marriage up to the light of God's Word, when you allow the light of Jesus himself to shine upon it, you'll see that every marriage carries this mystery that the husband has been given by God the privilege, the responsibility to represent Jesus to his wife. The husband is representing Jesus. And his, the wife has been given this awesome privilege and responsibility of reflecting the church. Isn't that amazing? Absolutely amazing. And so, as men in marriage, and this takes real guts and real strength, and it's something we can't do by ourselves, but we are truly to be Jesus to our wives, whenever, wherever, be like Jesus. And to truly be Jesus, I'm going to love my wife to the very best I can. Because that's what Jesus would do. And a wife would say, I truly want to reflect my relationship with Jesus. So I want to honor and respect my husband as I honor and respect the Lord. That is something so precious, so profound. I don't know if we can all work it out. But it's the watermark. It's the secret message that's stamped upon every marriage on the planet. And God has designed it that way. And so God highly esteems the special relationship of marriage. Isn't that awesome? It's absolutely awesome. So it's made me rethink about my marriage. It's made me rethink about the way that I pray. It's made me rethink about the way that I hold a Wendy, that here God has given her the responsibility, and God has given me the responsibility to be as Christ in the church, and it's incredibly a mysterious thing. But when you consider that, when you think like that, the way that you behave with one another lifts to a new level, goes to a new place. On the second wedding, and I'm going to finish with the second wedding, uh, it was very different. It was at a garden again. All these weddings were in gardens. Uh, it was uh, in Masterton. And Jeremy, and he also married an Amy, not the first Amy that um, Andrew married, but another Amy. And guess what? The discussions were the same. The ladies were talking about the dresses and about what the bridesmaids were going to wear and about what Amy wore two weeks ago. And us guys couldn't remember anything about it. And us guys were thinking, what's going to be the food? And I don't know what Jeremy was thinking. Um, and I won't say about what his wife Amy was thinking. But the one thought about their wedding that really, really impressed me was um, friendship. 
Jeremy had four brides, uh, um, groomsmen. He's a pilot. He's in his early 30s. He's a very handsome, uh, fine, strapping guy. Um, and they had their, their wedding out on, the, on these gardens. And they come back to the Air Force base, base at uh, the Masterton Airport. And as they begin to just joke around and the proceedings follow, you get this incre- incredible sense that he's just got tremendous relationships around him. He's got great friendship with his wife, Amy, and he's got great friends around him. And I thought about that, and I thought, that's not an accident. That is not an accident. If, you, if we want to be people that grow and be effective in the kingdom of God, we have to be very wise who we choose as our partner, but we need to be wise who we choose as our friends and develop great friendships because they enrich our lives so much. And to be a great friend doesn't mean I sit down on my rocking chair and go, nobody's called me today. Why doesn't anybody call me? Friends get out there and make friends. Friends be friendly. Friends engage with people. It's really, really important to be healthy mentally, socially, and emotionally. There's a lovely story of a guy who started a marriage counseling organization in the States. His name is Neil Warren. Um, and his parents, he, he's well into his late 60s, if not 70s. And his parents lived, um, or his mother anyway, um, lived till she was about 88. And his father at the time was 90. And they'd been married for 70 years. Incredible, absolutely 70 years. And he goes on to tell the story that his mother dies on the 70th year that they've been married. And his father is really upset about the death of um, his wife. They've enjoyed an incredible friendship over their lives. Um, They've sure had their ups and downs, but enjoyed this incredible friendship. And so um, Neil's dad tells Neil on the phone, My wife has died. I have prayed to the Lord. I want you to know, I have prayed to the Lord on the anniversary, the first anniversary. I have prayed the Lord will take me home that I will die and I will be in heaven. And I just want you to know that. He goes, I'm really looking forward to be with the Lord and to see my wife again. Just by the way, there's no marriage in heaven. Jesus said that two times, okay? So just so we're clear on that one. And so what happens a year later on the anniversary of his mother's passing He gets a call from his father, and he phones up a bit distressed. It's in the late evening, and he phones up his son, Neil, and he says, Neil, I'm really concerned. I got dressed this morning. I had a shower. I got dressed in my suit, and I've been in my chair, and I've been waiting to die that the Lord would take me home. And I'm still here. What's going on? And so he comforts his dad, and he says, look, Dad, I'll give you a call in another couple of days. Well, his dad gives him a call the day after. And he says, Neil, I think the Lord has something more for me. And there's a church right next to where he lives. So he says, well, I'm going to do some work in the church. I'm not quite sure what a 91-year-old can do, but who knows? He may be very fit and very able. So he goes to the church, but he says, "Um, I need to tell you something. The Lord has something else for me to do. And one of those things is, I need to tell you two things. I'm really, really lonely. I'm really, really lonely. And, of course, his son, he's also is a minister and a psychologist, says, I can understand that. Um, that's really, really challenging. And he says, I'm going to tell you something else I've never told you before. 
just remember he's 91. He said, I've got a really high sex drive. And so his son is just aghast. <laughs> Dad, how can you say that? And he says, this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to get married. 91. And so this conversation goes, I've got a list of seven women. <laughs> I've got a list of seven women, he says. And his son, Neil, says, we're going to have to move pretty quickly, Dad. <laughs> so they have some conversation. They talk about friendships. They talk about what, you know, a, a great woman would be. And so this 91-year-old man picks up the phone and talks to this lady who he knows. They have a conversation and then pops a question, will you marry me? How's that for speed dating? But there's something, and, they, and the, the end of the story is they get married and they really love one another and they have a great time together for the rest of their days, and I'm not sure how long that is. Um, but there's something about the allure of this relationship that God has designed, that God has so layered spiritual principles and mystery of what it reflects. It is the healthiest way to live. It is the best way to live for children. It is the best way for society to function. It is the best way for a nation to be established. It's through the design of marriage that God has designed between a man and a woman because it reflects his self and his church. Isn't that amazing? One of the things that happens at all these weddings, and I'm going to ask you to stand. If you could stand with me, because time is going. I'm not going to talk about the third wedding. And I know there'll be people here today that have had situations with marriage that hasn't gone the way that you wanted, that you're separated or divorced, and I, please hear me, I don't want you to feel any sense of condemnation whatsoever. But there's a, a uniqueness in this relationship that's unlike any other, that Jesus says, just as a man is so close to a woman in marriage, so I want you, my church, to be so close with me. I want you absolutely as the focus of my devotion. And I want you, church, to be absolutely devoted to me. That means there's no place for apathy. That means like Amy, when she got out of that carriage and she, her focus was absolutely on her husband. So God wants his church to be absolutely focused on him. And every other distraction, it was like there was nobody else there. Every other distraction just evaporates. As the church of Jesus Christ is focused on its Lord and its Savior with fervency, with passion, with hope, with life. That is where God is calling and desiring His church. And I don't know where you are today. You may have never made a commitment to Jesus Christ you may feel that you're a long way away and not able or haven't been able to give your best to Jesus. Today, I want to give you the opportunity to say, Lord, I repent. I turn from my own way. I turn from my ambivalence. I turn from my apathy. And I focus my attention on Jesus. I want to be absolutely in the center of your will and the sin of your presence. 
If that's you this morning, while every eye is closed and every head is bowed, can you raise your hand? So take a few moments for that. cool. I'm going to conclude a time together with the way that each of these weddings were concluded. It was something like this. There is the preamble with food that's going to follow, of course. But this is how they end. God's word declared. Those whom God has joined together, let no person separate. As you have chosen to marry each other in the sight of God and before these witnesses, they have confirmed this by making vows and the giving and the receiving of rings. The minister says, I'm delighted to declare you husband and wife, legally married. May God's grace and peace be with you always. In the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. And Father, as we stand here, Father, our hearts, Lord, I pray, will reflect the closeness of relationship that you've called us to be, that we can be one with you and that your name would be glorified through it all. And everyone said, Amen. How about giving Pastor Ray a hand? Great. Great message. Well, as we finish, can I remind you that Gary Coffin's going to be with us tonight, Pastor Gary Coffin from Tokoroa Church. Really encourage you to come out and be with him. If you're visiting with us, make sure you get a visitor's uh, new person's pack as you leave the building. Or don't leave the building, get a visitor's pack, have a coffee, stay, hang around for a bit. would be great. Also, let's remember to be purposed in our giving. The best way is an AP or a direct debit or something like that but um, we have giving stations at both both foyers I encourage you to please give generously to what God's doing and finally and very importantly we've got uh, prayer teams who would love to stand with you and pray with you for anything at all and uh, they'll be available at the end of our gathering here down the front and maybe this morning uh, Pastor Ray's message in particular stirred some stuff in you and we're all aware that we live in a world that is far from perfect and um, relationships turn to custard sometimes. Maybe you'd like to have someone stand with you this morning and bless you and pray with you and encourage you. Why don't you just come down the front at the end and we've got some wonderful people who would love to do that. Father, I thank you that we've been able to gather this morning in the name of Jesus. I thank you for the encouragement from your word this morning. Pastor Ray's message, I thank you that we've been able to worship together. And this morning as we go into this week, I pray that the God of peace would be with every person in Jesus' name. Amen. Have a wonderful week. Make sure you come down the front and someone will stand with you in prayer if you'd like that.